Okay, welcome to the Nil No Football Podcast, episode 32. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a solo episode for me, given that uh, Danny is out on vacation. So I'm going to have to hold up the boat. Although it's also my fault if episodes come out late, so I guess, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I hope you guys don't mind just listening to one voice. Um, Given that it won't be a conversation like usual, it'll probably be shorter than what we're used to. But either way, I'll I'll try my best and fill in uh, for Danny, and hopefully we get a good show out of it. So, there's quite a lot of action over the weekend. Let's go to... uh, Alright, so... On Friday, of course, there was the LAFC versus Seattle match. Um, one of the most anticipated matches of the year. Um, it's also because, you know, Seattle has naturally been strong. And they also... Um, LAFC has also struggled against them a lot, really. So, uh, it was LAFC ended up winning 2-1. to one And... Um, it was a it was a pretty entertaining match. I feel like, especially towards the second half, it was kind of the play broke down a little bit. But the first half was really entertaining. Uh, Seattle started off really well. I mean, in the first uh, five ten minutes, I would say they had the majority of the ball. They were doing most of the attacking threat, um, and they got rewarded for it. I mean, I mean, props to Chiellini, uh for LAFC, who was blocking most of what Seattle was throwing at our goal, but. At the end of the day, I think there was a ball that we try to clear out of the area. Um, for some reason, Latif Blessing let it bounce. And obviously, he's not the tallest guy. Uh, somebody on Seattle's side was able to win it back. And they ended up running, uh, you know, to the left of the box. Or to the left inside the box, running around, I think. Um, I forgot who was covering that side. But anyway, they, they put the cross in and Murillo, who tried to get, to try to clear the ball, ended up basically passing the ball into our own net. So there wasn't much that um, Prepo could do about it. But yeah, uh, it was an unfortunate goal, but uh, that was pretty much the, the, the climax of the Seattle pressure against our goal. Because after that, it was all LAFC. I think LAFC had a couple of goals disallowed. That it's such a it's such a shame that uh, Villa ended up scoring and it was disallowed because Cifuentes gave I think one of the would have been one of the assists of the season. Did a tres dedos pass outside of the boot uh, from outside the left side of the box all the way to Villa who was waiting on the inside. Unfortunately, he did control it a little bit with his arm, which why which is why it was ruled um, ruled out. Uh, but then, you know, e- even if it was a goal that didn't count, Vela ended up also doing the same thing with the outside of the boot shot kind of thing and ended up going far post. It was a really beautiful goal. It's just unfortunate that um, that it didn't count. So besides that, um, we kept piling on the pressure, uh, kept moving things forward. And then Opoku, like he's done a couple of times this season, there's been moments... Uh, he he tends to run towards the opposition box and try to force his way inside as far as he can, and that's when he'll do the pass. But there's been a couple times this season where he actually tries to take a shot from outside of the box, 
And um, this this happened to be one of those times. So he got the ball. He actually had two Seattle players on him. I don't know why he thought he it'd be a good idea to shoot, but he did it anyway. Luckily, he was able to squeeze the ball in between both of them. And a uh, beautiful shot from outside of the box. Ended up swerving a little bit, but ended up going into the bottom right corner. And uh, it, it was really good. He scored a couple of goals like that so far this season. So I'm glad that he's showing that he's got at least some some uh, long-range distance shooting as part of his skill set. But, yeah, after that, we just kept piling on the pressure again. We kept playing well. We kept um, forcing Seattle to do turnovers. Luckily, Sifu did end up getting that assist. But this time, it was just a normal cross. And Vela, who was actually on side this time, was able to slot in a, a volley uh, and squeeze it past uh, uh, Stephen Fry. Uh, Seattle's goalkeeper and so Vela finally did end up getting his goal and it's been a while since we had a goal by Vela it seems lately that he's been mostly focused on assisting goals rather than scoring them but you know it's good every now and then to actually get a goal out of Vela gives us flashbacks of uh, the 2019 season but yeah like I said so the first half full of action uh, pretty much the second half it, it kind of broke down a little bit, especially the last 20 minutes or so, because that's when we ran out of subs and Vela ended up cramping toward the end of the match. So he couldn't really run much. And a lot of the play that we we're trying to get started in Seattle's opposing half, right? Um, we were trying to pass it through Vela, but Vela didn't have the legs. So a lot of times he just let the ball run and we ended up turning over. And I could have sworn we've done that about four or five times. But either either way, we defended well. We ended up getting the 2-1 win. It should have probably been 3 or 4, to be honest. But yeah, LAFC continues on the rise, while Seattle seems like they might have had a comeback last week with the win, but looks like they're back to their usual ways of losing. And we keep saying that Seattle ends season strong, but so far, they're, they're really leaving it to last minute. I think we only got like, nine or ten games left and they really got to pick up their form if they want to make it because as things stand i believe they are outside of the playoffs uh let me check real quick so they are currently in uh actually sixth place uh because they actually played another game today uh the day i'm recording this ended up winning but between sixth place and ninth place there's only two points separating them so a loss, any loss at this point of the season is really crucial, uh, considering I think we have nine games to go, nine or eight games to go. So, um, all right, let's continue on to the next match that happened over the weekend. So Minnesota-Portland played an absolute amazing match, 4-4. Four to four. Unfortunately, I didn't watch it. I decided to focus on Miami-Cincinnati match. So when I tuned into this match, it was 3-2 three, three to two with Miami winning. And I was surprised just given that not only that Iguain was one of the scorers in that match, but he also got a hat trick. I mean, when's the last time we've seen Iguain do that? Um, it seems like Gary Neville has finally figured out how to fit Iguain into a system. Um, because, I mean, given the last year and a half, Iguain has scored a couple goals, but he's had no team around him to do that. There's been no team chemistry, nothing like that. They had no attacking prowess whatsoever. Now, especially with Leonardo Campana taking over the attacking responsibility, at least somewhat, 
it seems like now since the pressure isn't solely on Iguain, he's a lot more relaxed and he's able to play like the Iguain that we used to know. So the first goal he scored was an amazing free kick into the top right corner. The next one, I believe he went around the goalie, uh, just like we've seen him do like at Napoli, at Juve, things like that. Um, I, I don't remember the third goal off the top of my head, but I know it was pretty much, uh, I think it was a toe poke. I might be getting the third and second goal mixed up, but I think this is one just poked past the goalie. But still, it was a classic Iguain hat trick if you've watched him throughout the years. It's pretty much his bread and butter, the types of goals that he scored. But good on Miami having, you know, Iguain looks like he's getting back to his best because I think he scored in the last game before this as well. Um, uh, but like I said, it was 3 2 when I tuned in. Uh, seems like Cincinnati had different plans. So I believe for the third goal, Brandon Vasquez, shout out to him. He's on my fantasy team. He got me some good points this weekend. <laughs> but yeah, uh, ended up equalizing shortly after I tuned in. And I was just like, wow, not a lot of defending going on in this game. And then a couple of minutes later, uh, he ended up scoring again to make it four to three. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Like this, this, the lead keeps turning over and over again. And, you know, things like this happen all the time in MLS. So you'd think we'd be used to it, but it's still unexpected. And sure enough, I was watching and I was like, at this point, you know, I'm watching this as a neutral. I didn't really know who to go for. I kind of like Cincinnati, also kind of like Miami. But, uh, yeah, they were. it was a really back-and-forth game. I mean, anybody could have won this game and uh, leave it to the last, last minute. I think this is technically after the six minutes of the stoppage time were up. But um, let me check. It was a Miami player. I feel like his name was McVeigh, I want to say. Yes, it was McVeigh who ended up scoring in the 97th minute. He got the ball from, I believe, the edge of the box and ended up rifling a shot straight that bounced off the top post and went in. And this is the last minute. And it was a really good goal as well. It just left me with my jaw dropped. I was like, no way. I can't believe they equalized it in the last minute. But if you guys missed out on that game, I feel sorry for you guys. But it was a really uh, entertaining match. Which, you know, this is why we watch MLS. We might not have the best defending in the world, but, I mean, you're going to leave entertained. Uh, Alright, let's move on to the next match. So, uh, the next one we sort of ended up paying attention to is... I was watching the Austin-Kansas City game a little bit. I was kind of seeing, you know, as an LAFC fan, I wanted Austin to lose some points to create, a you know, a, a bigger buffer between the two teams. Given that Austin's in second place. However, I mean, those hopes quickly faded when I saw that uh, Kansas City just basically got a player sent off. So I was like, all right, well, <laughs> there goes that. At that point, that's when I switched it to the Miami game. Um, and other big news, I mean, Philadelphia ended up playing against Houston and Philadelphia going out with another um, large goal game that they ended up winning with a big goal difference. So they won 6-0 against Houston. Now, I don't think Houston is 6-0 bad, but... What Philadelphia has been doing at the moment is pretty impressive. Uh, we like to joke around about the MLS and how their power rankings make no sense whatsoever. Given that Seattle, it took them, you know, 
basically all up until the last week to get rid of Seattle from the top 10, even though Seattle kept losing and losing and losing and losing. And sure enough, they won last weekend and they put them back in, right? Uh, and everybody's like, this is a joke. You know, they just wanted Seattle to win to put them back in. But anyway, given that they depend on power rankings, I think it seems to more or less suggest that power rankings are the teams you'd least want to face um, or have the most pedigree in terms of like, you know, how well they play and how they're doing at the moment. I mean, I think you can make a case that Philadelphia will probably be at the top of the list. I know LAFC keeps winning each game. We don't win them by tons and tons and tons of goals. Not like Philadelphia's been doing lately. So if anything, Philadelphia can move up to the second spot if they're not already. Or Honestly, I wouldn't be that mad if they put them in first. But still, LAFC is making the most amount of points. I think they're going to keep them there. No matter what, but yeah, another impressive you know win by Philadelphia. Looks like they're finally getting their mojo going toward the end of the season. Um, yeah, the Galaxy ended up losing against Dallas, so they dropped points some more. They're currently sitting outside of the playoff zone right now, so they have only got a couple of games left. They really gotta step it up if they want to make it. Uh, San Jose and Russell Lake ended up tying two to two, and on Sunday, DC United ended up winning against Orlando. And I believe it was another last-minute goal as well in that match. That was technically Rooney's first game in charge, which is good to see. And it looks like he's already inspiring them to turn things around there. I mean, actually, both goals were in stoppage time, so Orlando ended up losing that in the last five minutes of the game. That's kind of... Honestly, that's kind of embarrassing, especially if you're Orlando's coach. I think that's... You'd be really disappointed in that kind of result. But, you know, congrats to DC United. They've been struggling for a while. I mean, they're currently still in last place. But maybe Rooney can work some magic in these last few remaining games and pull them out. I mean, they only need eight points to get it within the playoffs. So it's definitely doable. They only got to win three games to basically get that. All right, uh, that pretty much covers most of what I wanted to talk about in terms of the MLS. I mean, there wasn't much happening right there. Um, let's talk about, let's review the next couple of games. So, uh, New York ended up playing against Colorado, uh, which was a banger of a game. The, the score was 4-5 to five in favor of Colorado. It looks almost like a penalty score. But New York ended up scoring a last-minute goal. Unfortunately, it was ruled out uh, by VAR. So the last remaining, <laughs> the last goal or the last score ended up being four to five in favor of Colorado. Uh, I might have to rewatch the full game because it look, definitely looks interesting. Um, and yeah, Seattle finally ended up winning again against Dallas, one 0 I mean, they were playing at home; they should be winning that game. All right, let's. Uh, there's a. I could go into a little mini preview. Looks like we got some midweek MLS games here. So we got Charlotte versus DC United. On paper, Charlotte should be winning this match, but Rooney's now officially in charge of DC United, and uh, I think I'm gonna go with DC United on this. I think they can, you know, work some magic, and uh, maybe get one over on Charlotte. So I'm gonna go with two nil scoreline on that. We got Columbus versus Montreal. 
Now, I believe Montreal drew the last game. Uh, I think I'm going to go with them to lose and Columbus to win, especially with Cucho Hernandez. I mean, that guy's been on fire. Uh, he had a crazy stat, like a goal every 20 minutes. He had like four goals in 80 minutes or something like that. Um, but he didn't end up scoring in the last game, unfortunately. So, um, I'm picking him to score in this one. So, I'm going to go with a 2-0 win for Columbus over Montreal. All right, then we got Portland versus Nashville. Uh, I feel like that should be... I feel like this should be, you know, a derby for some reason. It gives me that vibe of a derby. But, uh, Portland versus Nashville. Nashville's not been tuned too hot. I think Portland's been picking up their form a little bit, making their end of the season run. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean in Portland's favor for this one. I'm gonna give it, uh, I'm gonna give it a two-one win for Portland over Nashville. Next, we got San Jose versus Miami. I think they're the exact same team, just on two different sides of the country. Honestly, uh, this probably is probably gonna be another exciting match. I'm gonna go with a three-three draw. I think they're pretty level on paper. To be honest, I I don't have any stats. I mean. If Iguain shows up like he did in the last match, it should probably be 4-3 to Miami. So, keep that in mind. But I'm going to go with a 3-3 draw against both of them. Alright. Now, we got a couple of friendlies to discuss. So, obviously, there's going to be a Lee's Cup showcase at the SoFi Stadium. Uh, it was announced a month or two ago. And as soon as I saw it, I was excited. Although I kind of wish LAFC played against Chivas because I'm a fan of LAFC and I'm a fan against Chivas. And that would be the first time that like my two teams would be playing against each other. But, you know, fair enough that I can at least root for one team in each of these matches. So obviously I'm not a Galaxy fan. Completely the opposite. And Chivas is playing against the Galaxy at 5.30 p.m. So, obviously I'm going to go for Chivas. Chivas has been struggling in Liga MX of late. I've been uh, watching every single game so far, actually. And, I mean, they haven't won a single one. They've lost one, I think drawn four or something like that. The last game, they definitely should have won because they were playing against 10 men the whole time. And even though they were playing against 10 men, there was no creativity, no danger going forward for them. Uh, the Galaxy, I know, has been struggling a lot lately. Chicharito's been in the biggest drought of his life right now. Um, and Jovalich has been picking up the slack, although he missed a PK in the last match. Uh, it's it's kind of, pretty much it's kind of even. I mean, Chivas is toward the bottom of the table. The Galaxy is as well. They're outside of the playoff zone. Um, I'm going to go with Chivas to finally actually win a game. Uh, but... I don't think the defending is going to be that well. So I'm going to go with a 3-2 win for Chivas. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be an entertaining match. Chicharito against Chivas. I mean, we haven't really seen that before. So it's going to be exciting to see. But he looks real happy to be around the Chivas guys anyway. Like, well, there's been pictures of him with uh, the jersey on and everything. But, yeah, it should be an entertaining match. All right, the second match of this doubleheader is actually LAFC versus America. Now... I hate America with all my guts as a Chivas fan, right? So, obviously, I'm going to go for LAFC. But, you know, that being said, I could also go against America just based on how their last match against LAFC went, where Ante Razov ended up punching 
Piojo in the face, and it was hilarious, and that's probably one of my favorite moments as an LAFC fan. And it was a big fight that broke out in the CONCACAF Champions League. I want to say it was 2020 in the bubble. It was the semifinal, and that's the one that America thought they were going to win, and LAFC turned it around last minute. But yeah, so this is going to be the first time that LAFC and America played each other since then. And I can't wait. Obviously, LAFC, top of the table. America is actually with Chivas. They're at the bottom. And they've not been playing so great. The rumor is that if LAFC destroys America, that America's coach is going to get fired. That seems like that happens every single time LAFC plays a Mexican team. Because if you remember in the 2020 CONCACAF Champions League semifinal, the America loss against LAFC was the reason that Piojo was fired from America. Um, so, LAFC is in great form, America not so much, so I hope this match doesn't get too scrappy, I mean, it is a friendly at the end of the day, but we're going to have Bell and Killini playing, I would rather nothing happens to them, as well as Vela, I don't want him injured at all, considering how he was cramping up bad in the last one. So, for this one, my prediction is going to be, I'm going to go over the 3-0 win for LAFC, and I really hope to see it, I mean, I'm definitely going to be watching that match. I'm probably going to catch most of the Chivas match because I'm really excited about that one as well. So, yeah, that's pretty much it that we're going to talk about this show. Um, obviously, the the women's Euro 2022 final happened, but I didn't really pay attention to... I watched a chunk of it. I watched a chunk of it, but it, it's Danny who actually watched it. So, either maybe I can work some magic on Thursday... Um, he's still going to be on vacation, but maybe, you know, I can get him to call in to give us his opinions on the women's final, or maybe when he comes back, we'll, we'll discuss that, but join us in the next episode where I'll be previewing also a full weekend of the MLS action, and I'll review how the, the League's Cup showcase went, because that's going to be the biggest event, especially for me. We're also going to start previewing the Premier League which we're excited about returning. I mean, of course, it starts on a Friday. I've been... It's it's felt like a really long time since the last... Um, since the last Premier League match. Actually, before I forget, Liverpool and Man City also played uh, the Community Shield match. And um, I watched the whole thing. Well, most of it, if anything. Uh, by the time I tuned in, Liverpool was already winning 1-0. And it looked pretty even, honestly. I think, you know, Man City was doing the usual high press, but Liverpool has a way about their passing where no matter how hard, how hard you press them, they're, they're pretty relaxed the whole time. And they don't pass like Man City, where it's just like pass, 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 as fast as you can. They're a little bit more, you know, creative with it. They're a little bit more calm and show-offy about it, but, like, it, it works for them especially with all the um, fast-placed players that they have at the front of the pitch. They can afford to do long balls all day, and they'll still be getting to, like, Salah and Luis Diaz and stuff like that. But pretty much, I think if you wanted to boil that match down into something, it was a battle of the number nines. So everybody was showing off their shiny new toys. Man City had Erling Haaland up in front. And... Liverpool, in the second half at least, eventually substituted Darwin Nunez in. And he played most of the second half. And from what I w- will say is Man City still doesn't know how to play with a striker. 
Sure, Erling Holland did get some chances, and he missed an open goal that I thought was hilarious. But he's still a good player at the end of the day, and we know that. And he's definitely got the strength to cope in the Premier League. He just has to get used to it. I'm sure we'll see him bagging them goals in no time. But I think the more worrying thing is that City needs to get more accustomed to actually playing with a forward. Because, sure, they could get service into him, but they're so used to playing with false nines that, like, you know what a team that has a number nine is supposed to play like. Think of Bayern Munich, where they keep getting the ball to Lewandowski in and around the box. Erling Holland literally only had like five, six chances this whole game. And I think I'll probably say like two to three of those are actually decent ones. Given the amount of possession that Min City tends to have, you would think they'd be getting the ball to him a lot more. But that just wasn't the case. They would often pass to somebody else instead of him. So I think they definitely still need to work on the chemistry in having an actual number nine in the team. Liverpool, on the other hand, um, they also sort of don't play with a number nine because they mostly play with three ring- wingers up front who rotate between them and move around. But I will say they, they seem more comfortable in knowing how to play with the number nine. Darwin Nunez, he was lively. He was very involved. When he got subbed in, he created a lot of dangerous plays. He actually set up Mo Salah's goal for the second one uh, by heading the ball and having Ruben Diaz basically knock it out with his hand, causing a penalty. And obviously he was involved in the third goal against Man City where uh, they ended up crossing it in and he just used his fox-in-the-box instinct pretty much and went unnoticed by Ruben Diaz as well. And just ended up walking in. The ball ended up coming to him. It did take a bounce before, but he was able to get enough power to sneak it past Anderson. So, yeah, Liverpool ended up winning the Community Shield. Good for them. I mean, season hasn't even started. They already got a trophy. Man City, uh, I mean, they're going to win something. They've been doing that for the last four years. So I'm sure Erling Haaland's not going to have to wait that long to get his first silverware. But, yeah. Anyway... That's it for today's episode. Make sure you join us in the next one um, where we talk about all the juicy action and preview the Premier League and maybe get a little a little bit into the fantasy Premier League as well because uh, we're very into that here. All right. So thank you. It's been fun. You know, different experience being alone. But, you know, uh, not opposed to trying it again. So we'll see. So join us in the next episode. Goodbye.